Let's read from Psalm chapter 139, verse 13 through 18. Let's read together. You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. My bones were not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, when I was being skillfully woven in an underground workshop. Your eyes saw me when I was still an unborn child. Every day of my life was recorded in your book before one of them had taken place. How precious are your thoughts concerning me, O God. How vast in number they are. If I tried to count them, there would be more of them than there are grains of sand. Each of us was knit together. According to this scripture, in our mother's womb, we are amazingly and miraculously made. In one miraculous moment, life began unbeknownst to all except God himself. When he began weaving us in a pattern that is unique to us alone, you were not mass produced. You aren't an assembly line production. Regardless of the circumstances that surrounded your arrival, you were not an accident or an unfortunate incident. No, my friend, God planned you before you were born and he designed you with the most intricate pattern and unbelievable detail that modern science still cannot fully quantify or explain. How vast are the sum of his thoughts towards you. In fact, the latest technology and mathematical advantages of the modern era and the medicinal breakthroughs of our time are still delving into what I want to speak to us today about, discovering the miracle of you. The absolute, undeniable miracle that is you. We are made in the image of God. Our very being was designed to be a reflection, an image and a likeness of him. And my prayer today, in this kind of unusual message that I'm going to present today, is that we would get another glimpse of his glory by discovering just a tiny fraction of the miracle that is us. Romans chapter one, verse 20 says, from the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly observed in what he made. As a result, people have no excuse. We only need to look at the miracle that is us to see the unmistakable stamp of his handiwork, his meticulous design, his unfathomable reach, his incredible power, and his divine nature. And it's another glimpse that I pray will cause us to say afresh, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord. In fact, the more we observe God's creation, the more our excuses are eliminated. The excuse of why we doubt, why we don't trust why we think we're an accident, why we don't step out with confidence. The more we observe his handiwork, those excuses are eliminated. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship, 
You are sitting here today in a complex pattern of bone, muscle, brain, blood, and a host of other systems, functions, and designs that together form your body that has never once in history or will ever once in future be possible to be duplicated. Everything about your form, from your eyes to your tongue, to your hair, to your nails, to your organs, to your ligaments, are made up of cells. Cells are invisible to the naked eye. But the scripture says that observing the invisible parts reveal facets of the invisible side of God. The cell is the basic unit of an organism. Each of us, you and me here today, we have 200 different types of cells in our human body. Blood cells, nerve cells, muscles, skin, bone cells, and very, very, very annoyingly stubborn fat cells, some more than others. Each cell in your body, each one of those 200 different types of cells has a different form, different shape, different function, and different role in making you, you. Your body depends on their diversity and their unity, not their similarity. Each cell is different, but it is vital that it plays its part in unison with the other diverse cells. And your body only works if each cell is working for the good of the body. When a cell starts functioning in autonomy, that's when problems start happening. Now, the secret to membership, what makes my cells me and what makes your cells you? What makes me a Caucasian woman with gray hair and a little pudgy on some ends? What makes you brown skinned? What makes us tall, short, fat, skinny? What makes our eyes large, our nose pointed? What determines how long our nails grow? Every single thing about you that makes you you and every single thing about me that makes me me is locked away inside each cell's nucleus, which is chemically coiled in a strand of DNA. Welcome to biology class. <laughs> now listen, y'all. I want you to get a glimpse of glory. The three, that one cell that has a nucleus, that has DNA, that DNA in one cell is three billion letters that spell out the instructions and the blueprint that is you. If you printed those three billion letters in a tiny font, they would fill 300 books of 1,000 pages each. One cell would fill 300 books of 3,000 pages, which means the entire sum of the body that you have right now that we're seeing, if we were to spell out all the DNA that is currently making you you, it would result in approximately 11 quadrillion, 160 trillion books of 1,000 pages each which is approximately 11 quintillion, 160 quadrillion pages of information that makes you, you. That's what that number looks like. Quintillion has 18 zeros. That is the blueprint of you. Psalm 92 verse five says, how spectacular are your works, O Lord. How very deep are your thoughts. Your works are marvelous. 
Your DNA, okay, so we understand you have 200 types of cells. They all look different. They all do different things. Each cell has a nucleus. Each nucleus has DNA. That DNA of one cell is three billion letters that spells it out. The DNA of one cell is summed up into 46 chromosomes. It's basically the, the outline, yeah? All those three billion characters can be summed up into 46 chromosomes. Each body in the cell has 46 chromosomes, except for two. The cell that made you, that came from your mother, only had 23. And the cell that made you, that came from your father, only had 23 chromosomes. And when you were knit together in your mother's womb, those 23 from your mother and those 23 from your father were fused together to conceive one single cell where the brand new DNA blueprint of you was written. And by the way, just one set of 23 chromosomes from one side of your parents has a possible 8 million combinations. 8 million possibilities from your mother and 8 million possibilities from your father. This is why siblings can look alike but are not identical. You are a miracle. One cell's DNA stretched out would be two meters long. End to end, all the cells of your body with their DNA stretched back would span the entire solar system twice. You are a miracle. There is an entire world locked away in one cell of you. The workmanship, the detail. To make the you that we see right now, when you're looking at me right now, when I'm looking at you right now, all those cells and all that DNA that we've talked about, it takes approximately 37 trillion cells working together to perform and maintain the miracle that is you. Every cell is working, communicating, healing, reproducing, traveling, growing, defending, and learning. Your brain alone has roughly 170 billion cells, according to new research, including about the 86 billion neurons or nerve cells, which are cells that transmit information. And in fact, the fastest cells in your body move at 268 miles Per hour. This means that a thought can reach your brain before you even told your brain to think the thought. One center for neurological studies said that a computer working at 400 million calculations per second would, operating for 100 years, only accomplish what your brain can accomplish in one minute. In fact, scientists at the Okinawa Institute of Technology, if it's Okinawa, you know them, they know their things, yeah? They tried to reproduce the activity of one second of brain life on a computer. It took 83,000 processors with the highest possible computing power and 40 minutes of work to get close to the efficiency of one second of your neurons. Not only that, your brain stores information in the approximately 2.5 million gigs of memory capacity that it has. Try explaining why you failed your exam when you have that much memory. <laughs> your brain can process 
your brain can process up to 11 million bits of information in one second, but you might only be conscious of 50 bits per second. That's because your brain is so advanced to know which information you need to be aware of and which information to keep running in the background. But it is also ready to summon any of that information to your consciousness at your demand or at the need. For example, you are now aware of how warm or how cold you are. <clears throat> you're aware of the hardness of the seat you're sitting on. You're now feeling the material of skin, the material you're wearing on your skin. You're now conscious of the feeling of the tongue that's in your mouth. Now you're conscious about blinking. Have you blinked? Did you blink? Do you need to blink? Now you're conscious about your breathing. Have you breathed? Do you need to breathe? Do you need a big breath? You're starting to hear background noises, ACs, people smacking their gum loudly, <laughs> laughter. Someone, you're hearing that. Now, here's the thing. Every one of those things that I just said was already being communicated to your brain, but your brain did not inform you until you requested to know that information. Your brain is right now receiving all the information from your heart to keep it beating the 100,000 times it will beat just today. Your lungs to breathe in and out the 17 to 15,000 times, 17 to 30,000 times that you will breathe just today. Your eyes, your brain is going to tell your eyes to blink 15,000 times today. All of these signals and all of this information is being passed, processed, downloaded, and given the correct response without your conscious effort or your awareness because the supercomputer of a brain that you have will only bring this information to your consciousness in the event of abnormality, danger, or your request. Your brain is also currently processing every emotional signal that it is receiving from every one of your hormonal cells that are informing you how you feel emotionally right now. Your brain is registering what you see right now through the approximately 90 million rods and 5 million cones in your eye, which can distinguish over 1 million different colors just by seeing red, green, and blue. Your eyes can process up to 36,000 bits of information in one hour. Your eyes will even tell you there is a lion in the bushes when it's just a Carrefour bag. <laughs> All of this is happening because of cells, which by the way, your body is constantly recreating. Cells are made, used, healed, and produced at speeds that are mind-boggling. Every single second, your body produces 3.8 million new cells, 3.8 million new strands of DNA. By the end of this message, you will have produced more new cells than there are people in the world. You make an entirely new skeleton every 10 to 12 years. The top layer of your skin will be completely replaced in 25 days because of cells, because of that cell working in unity with another cell to make you you. Every one of your cells is receiving a renewable supply of oxygen, amino acids, salts, and a bunch of other scientific sounding things that are being carried by red blood cells through the 60,000 mile network of blood vessels that reach within a hair's breadth of every single cell in your body. In addition, the same red blood cells ferry away refuse, exhaust gases, and worn out chemicals. Medically, blood sustains life by carrying away the chemical byproducts that would interfere with your bodily processes. In other words, we are literally cleansed by the blood.
every cell in your body lives at the mercy of the blood. A speck of blood the size of a letter O typed out on your phone will contain 5 million red blood cells and 7,000 white blood cells. Now, white blood cells right now are roaming through your body looking for viruses, bad bacteria, pathogens, and infected cells. White blood cells will protect you from sickness by literally consuming the pathogens while simultaneously informing the brain to keep a register of what every pathogen virus or bacteria looks like. And it does this when it finds a pathogen, it consumes it, it tells the brain this is what it looks like, and then it develops a whole new white cell called an antibody that is specifically programmed to maintain the memory of that pathogen or disease or virus. That's called your immunity system. The next time a pathogen uh, gets inside your system, Your antibody cells already know exactly what it looks like and it will attack it and kill it before you even know you're sick. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Isn't it interesting that the scripture says that our sin was red, which is the color of unprotected blood cells, but shall be white as snow. And it's the white blood cells that rid us of sickness, that rid us... Woo, come on. They rid us of corruption, infection. They're the ones that heal us and defend us. In Revelation chapter 12, there's a cosmic battle between God and the devil, between the serpent and the woman, uh, angels and demons. And in verse 11 and 12, it says that the victory was won over the devil by the blood of the lamb. You see, when a new disease enters the body, it normally takes white blood cells hours to crack the code and manufacture the antibodies to combat the threat. And sometimes by then it's too late because the disease has been given enough of a chance and it can now reproduce in your body and it overwhelms your white blood cells. So immunization is life-saving. What is immunization? It's taking the antibodies that have already been developed in another host and introducing them to your body to give your white blood cells the information they need and the antibodies that your body can now reproduce to fight off a disease. I'm going somewhere, stick with the science. Listen to this story by Dr. Paul Brand, a medical missionary to India. When we lived in Valor, an epidemic of measles struck the city and one of my daughters came down with a severe infection. We knew she would recover, but our infant daughter Estelle was much more vulnerable because of her age. When the pediatrician explained our need for convalescent serum, which is the white blood cells and antibodies, word went around Valor that the brands need the blood of an overcomer. We called for someone who had contracted measles and had defeated the disease. We located a person, withdrew some of his blood, let the cells settle out, and we injected the convalescent serum. Equipped with borrowed antibodies, our daughter successfully fought off the disease. She overcame not by her own resistance or vitality, but as a result of the battle that had previously taken place within somebody else. Isaiah 53 verse four says, he has certainly taken upon himself our suffering and carried our sorrows. But we thought that God had wounded him, beat him and punished him. He was wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have peace and we have received our healing from his wounds. 
My friends, why have we overcome by the blood of the lamb? It's because he took our sorrows and he took our infirmities and his blood speaks of better things. Hebrews 12, 24 says, not only was his blood shed for us, his blood was shared with us. Science proves that a person's blood becomes more potent as that person prevails against outside invaders. The blood of Jesus Christ is the most potent blood there is because he bore all our griefs, all our sickness, all our shame, be it mental, physical, hormonal, whatever cell is not in alignment in your body. Just know that Jesus took it on all of it so that he could defeat it and he prevailed. And now that blood has been transfused into you and I. That blood already recognizes the disease. It has the antibodies that recognize disease and it has the potency to overcome it. That blood sees unhealthy hormones that have led to anxiety and depression that blood already has the knowledge to defeat it the blood brings the rescuing cleansing power to every part of you that is in need we have overcome not by our own resistance or our own vitality but as a result of the battle that has taken place previously we have overcome by the blood of the lamb Jesus said in John 6 56 57 those who eat my flesh and drink my blood live in me and I live in them the father who has life sent me and I live because of the father so those who feed on me will live because of me you are a miracle <laughs> lastly one of the greatest miracles of you and one of the most unique factors and facets that God gave you when he formed you and knit you together is your voice each person's voice is unique to them, more so than fingerprints or the retinas in our eyes. Our voices are the most distinct things to us. Your voice produces sound waves. This happens when you push air from your lungs that causes your vocal cords to vibrate one to 300 times a second. And the shape of that wave and that pattern that's created is unique to you and only you. Sound waves are totally different and several factors determine the uniqueness of your voice. The size and shape of your vocal cords, the size and shape of your neck, your cheeks, as well as the hollow of your mouth and how many teeth you have. <laughs> Other factors such as your emotional state, sleep, stress levels, hydration, your overall health, your activity levels, the time of day and your age affect your voice, pitch and speed. While the pattern of my sound wave will always stay the same, there will always be a print that it looks like Rebecca. This is why phones have a very basic sense of voice biometrics. And I can say, hey, Siri, I don't know where my phone is, but she'll speak up and be like, yes, Rebecca. But if you say, hey, Siri, to my phone, my phone won't pick you up. That's because our phones have been given the lowest level of vocal biometrics. And at the lowest level, they can distinguish between you and between me because your voice has a pattern and my voice has a pattern. While the pattern of my sound waves stays the same, the size and shape of my sound waves are changed by so many things and carry so much information in them. Your brain learns to memorize sounds and recognize unique patterns of sound waves through the three smallest bones that are in your body, which are in your ear, and those bones vibrate from the sound wave that it picks up from the sound wave that I'm creating by pushing air out of my lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. This is how, when you hear the sound, your 
because your ear picks it up and it picks it up often, this is how your brain memorizes voices. This is how your child can recognize your voice amongst a myriad of others. This is how a mother can identify her baby's cry, not his words. I have hung out with moms and they're sitting there talking because parents are blessed with an anointing to tune out noise of their children until it's not that their brains are not registering the sounds of their children. There are, but the brain knows to put it in the background because what? Why does your brain bring something? If there's danger, if there's an abnormality, or if you request it. And I'll be sitting there with my sister and we'll be talking and I'm annoyed because my brain has not heard enough of children's sounds to learn to send it to the background. It's very much in the foreground for me. I'm hearing all of it. And Anna's just carrying on with conversation like, life is great because her brain has heard this enough to know this is not danger, this is not bad, this is not abnormal. So even though we're hearing it, we're going to push it way behind. In fact, mothers have a gift of doing this even when you're talking directly to them. They can still tell the brain, that is not information I need to know. You can just send that right onto the back. But I will be sitting there with Anna and we will be talking and all of a sudden there's like 23 children playing outside and one will start to cry and immediately Anna will pick up because that sound wave vibrates in her ear and her brain tells her this is a problem, this is something and she can recognize it's her child even though there's like a thousand children out there. She knows that's Elijah, something's wrong. Fighter, go see what's wrong with Elijah. How miraculous is that? A baby recognizes the sound of its mother's heartbeat because that's been its lullaby for nine months while it was in the womb. This is why babies, it's not just because mamas are made to be cuddly. It's also because babies are lulled to sleep by the sound of her heartbeat when she lays on her chest because that's been the song that he has heard or she has heard the entire time she started her life. God is amazing. This is why babies recognize their parents' voices. Because sound waves can travel through matter. Your sound waves are permeating through skin and flesh and reaching right to that tiny little, tiny little ear. Those tiny little, the ear bones of an infant are tiny and they're still registering. That's my mama. That's my daddy. Here's something even crazier. You cannot, it is impossible. I, I really hope you get this because this is my big point I was building up to. So if this doesn't excite you, then just know that you're wonderful and we'll all go home. <laughs> it is impossible for you to replicate a sound wave ever. I want you to listen to this audio clip. This is me trying to say the name Jesus Exactly the same way three times. Let's listen to this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let's play it again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, I think the third one sounds different, right? It's very hard. You come to the studio one day and I'll try and do you. It's harder than it sounds. But I think the first two sound similar, but I want you to look now at the sound wave of that exact clip that you just heard. Look how different every single one of those words is. I want you to tell you something, church. Every word, every prayer, every song is not just unique to you, but it is unique to that exact moment in time. You have never sung the same song. You have never prayed the same prayer. 
And every time you open your mouth and create a sound wave, that sound wave carries the information of if you have a headache, if you had dental work done, it changes based on where you're standing, it changes based on if I'm looking at the floor bowing, if I'm looking out, if I'm looking up, it creates an entirely new pattern. You cannot, it is impossible for you to ever say one word, one phrase, or make one sound exactly the same way. Scripture contains over 400 references to singing and 50 direct commands to sing or lift up your voice or pray. And this is why only you can sing your song and only you can pray your prayer. I can say the exact same words that you say. I can sing at the exact same melody, standing on the exact same stage, at the exact same time, in the exact same key, and it will look nothing like yours. I cannot replace your worship. Your cell leader cannot replace your prayer. Your children cannot replace your praise. Nobody can make the sound that God formed and knitted and amazingly knit you together for you to make. When you lift up your voice and say worthy among the throng of millions of others, only you in that moment can make that sound. Your voice is not lost in the crowd. Your voice is not unnecessary or unheard. Every whisper, every groan, every cry, every utterance is sending miraculous information to the one who hears it all. Your song is a miracle. Your prayer is a miracle. When you encounter the miracle of God, you have the power. He designed in you the power because you're the reflection of him and the image of him and the likeness of him. When you encounter the miracle of him, you have the power to send your own miracle right back. Your praise is miraculous. Your prayer is miraculous. You might be discouraged because you're saying, God, I am praying the same prayer over my children again and again. I don't know any more words. I don't have anything else to say. It doesn't matter. Your sound wave is so different. Every emotion in you is telling God, I might be saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But every single one of those patterns is miraculously telling God what I'm feeling and where I'm at and what's going on. Lift up your voice because it's a miracle when you see the glory of God lift up your voice Isaiah 24 14 says they shall lift up their voice and they shall sing for the majesty of the Lord I want to finish with this Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 and 10 this is the theme scripture of my life by the way it says, after these things, I saw a large crowd from every nation, every tribe, people, and language. No one was able to count how many people they were. They were standing in front of the throne and the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, holding palm branches in their hands, and crying out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. These are the people who have washed their robes and made them white in the precious blood of the Lamb. Church, I just want to encourage you today that at the moment you were conceived, the purpose that God put you here was to hear your voice. This is where we're going, Revelation chapter 7. This is the end game, that we stand before the Lord so that I can lift my voice my voice that was knit together, my life of my 37 trillion cells right now that are working in complete unity to have me stand here 
The reason is so that I can lift up my hands and say, you're worthy. You're worthy of it all. Can a God that detailed not be trusted? What excuse could we possibly have? He knows you. He made you, you. So that your prayer, your sound, your cry, your intercession, your words of encouragement, your truth that you speak when you speak the word of God will fill the earth. I just want you to be encouraged as you've discovered. I mean, I could have talked about, oh, there were so many things. Lord, how do I pick every facet of our being? It's a miracle and reflects the glory and the image of God. Father, I know this has been a little bit different, but Lord, I just pray that you'd help each of us to remember when we feel overlooked, when we feel unnecessary, Maybe, Lord, when we're discouraged because the cells in our body are not working well, we're encountering sickness, we're encountering discouragement, depression. Lord, I pray today for a renewed revelation that we have overcome by the blood of the precious Lamb of God who was slain to take away the sins, the viruses, the pathogens of this world. Lord, I pray that you would help each and every one of us remember when we're tired, we don't have to sing loudly. We can just sing quietly because everything in the pattern of that sound wave is telling you, I'm tired, Lord. I'm discouraged. Lord, when we sing full of joy and full of confidence, every pattern of that sound wave is telling you, thank you. Church, God loves me and you so much. He's so heavily invested in you. How vast the sum of his thoughts towards you. I pray you leave today encouraged. I pray you leave today with a little bit of your mind blown at the miracle that is you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.